Buenas noches, San Antonio. Welcome to Puro S-A-F-C. It's Shattuck and Clayton. Rocking on the highway on a Tuesday night in the parking lot. Looking at the Toyota Field, Clayton. Rocking down the highway, Matthew. That's what we're that's what we're doing. I do not like that song, Clayton. But have you ever found yourself driving to Houston and that song comes on and you go, what? You know what? In this moment, this song is this song is right on. That song is about as good as I-10 view on the way to Houston. So yes, sir. And it's by the Doobie Brothers, which sing uh China Grove, right? About San Antonio, right? You know, there's China Grove out there. You can keep saying right, but that doesn't mean I know any of this. All right, all right. I'm a Houston boy, baby. Well, you know, it's thematic. Once again, as usual, trying to come up with a little something. Uh, It'll come up at some point in time. Obviously, what we're talking about tonight, what what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks or the majority of this month, SAFC, rocking down the highway. Yeah, right. Yep. Probably flew home here. Driving down to Houston for a tomorrow night's game, baby. Are they flying or are they driving? Probably flew home. See your wife, kiss your kids, get on the bus. Bus down on tonight, probably. Do a yeah. training session down there. Yeah. Play tomorrow night. Yeah, for a game tomorrow. For for our listeners uh, that may not know scheduling, things that have been going on, there was a game on Saturday in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. And then there's a game tomorrow night in Houston, Texas. And then there's another game on Saturday in Miami, Florida. Do you think they'll go straight from Houston and drive I-10 all the way to Miami? Can't you get to I? Can't you get to Miami on I-10? No, you got to turn south on the one. I think it is. Or, or okay, I no, thought, it would be the what five or fifteen south because the not, south ones have five. My my Florida geography isn't that great. But. Clayton. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Matthew. It's good to see you. It's good to be back. Cheers. We have a lot to talk about. About. I'm excited that we're here talking about it. I'm excited we're in this uh, this scenario. Like, it's a I know it's not. I know it's not your favorite place to 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 pod from. I like it though. It's Tuesday, and I can see the field. It makes me think about the team. We just had a game. We're in the soccer mood. Clayton, we thought about potting tomorrow during the game. Yeah, and I and like it just wasn't going to work out with me scheduling wise, but. I'm glad that we're not doing it scheduling wise because I'm going to be watching the game, but I I I don't want to I want to be focused on that game. Agreed. Okay. I'm with you on that. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of games going on, but I think Clayton, you can slow down. Okay. I didn't see a ton to talk about with Phoenix. I think there's things to talk about. We're going to talk about the Phoenix game. We're going to talk about the Houston game. We're going to talk about the Miami game. But you know what? None of it's 30 minute conversations i don't think no there are probably some pods that could and would get 30 minutes out of each scenario yeah but that's not us they're interesting topics but i ain't got a lot on phoenix that's not us are you ready to get into that i just wanted to slow it down Uh, that's the way so for our listeners i don't have my notes i was rushed out of the house due to some family concerns and some james gang concerns and i left my notes but my notes start with Saturday's game. That's where my notes started. Do your, do your notes start with Saturday's game? Is that how you'd like to proceed? Yep. All you right. Ready for the rundown? 3-0 loss at Phoenix Rising. Yep. Uh, we had given up a grand total of four goals all season long. We gave up three on Saturday. So now we've given up a total of seven goals, five of which have been to Phoenix Rising. I would like to say we are 
We are, uh, we kept our perfect record for the year, Clayton. We are undefeated, untied against everyone in the league and MLS. Everyone. And except we're 0-2 against Phoenix. Are they a bugaboo team? That's what my notes say. And I actually looked up. Bugaboo. Don't weigh. It doesn't actually say bugaboo. Does Phoenix just have our number? Okay. That's it bug. doesn't say bugaboo, but that's the word that was in my I head. looked up the, the derivation of bugaboo and stuff yeah. like that, but that was the exact phrase I used in my notes. Is that a racial term? Can we say that term? Uh, no, I, yeah, we can. Is it yes. safe? It's, it's derivative. What's of it some, mean? It's something like it means like uh, uh, it means like a problem. It means uh, something that's uh, uh, that you can't uh, that you can't overcome. Well, like, um, I think it's something we should come back to at the end of the discussion. Well, later. I was gonna, I was gonna, so. I was going to pose it like this, yeah. and like if because right, we don't like talking about the specifics all that much, and we can mm. give the we can give the rundown. I got you, the rundown after this point. Okay, You're good. Let let let's. You want to give the rundown, and then I'll ask the question. Let's do that. Okay. So, twenty six minute. G Hurst was it? Jeff. He scored G. two, and I knew his. I didn't know his name before. I knew his name after. Santi Moore with a shot. Hurst like does a hockey style in front of the shot, heads it back to the other post. It's deflection. a It's a really it, he meant to do it, and it's not an easy skill. He's not facing no. the goal, yeah. and he totally misdirects the ball off of a headed sh- off of a shot, and he he totally meant to do it. It was not a, an accident at all. Fortuitous. It was. It was because our keepers going the the opposite way, and he redirects it with his head. Yep. Not even looking at the goal, but assuming that the keeper is going to be moving that direction, it's it's a skillful it's a skillful move. Right place, right time, yes. right play. I don't know if it's as skillful as his second goal. Thirty fourth minute, worldy is the world I wrote. Woo, worldy! Wow, chest twist banger on the half turn I mean, out of the air. I mean, ball doesn't touch the ground. The, I think the guy announcing for Phoenix said it's like. He may not have ever scored a better one in his life, and he'll probably tell you that. Like goal of the year candidate. I mean, it's a candidate for a goal of the week. Easy, this, the, you know, it's got. And win. then we'll I'll look back at the for the goals at the end of the month as well because they do that little award as well on the USL website. But it was an exceptional. Poor Tainer. Tainer's going like, and is pretty close to him. I mean, probably not as close as you would like, but. The guy chests it the opposite direction that Tainer is coming and then swivels and hits a volley. Far post. Volley. And, like, I don't even think Far can see it because the, he's facing the he's facing backwards before yeah. he strikes it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very classy, classy. skillful goal. Yeah. You know, like, I think anybody in any, like, remember when we had Eric Hosley that came and, like, had scored the FIFA goal of the year? It was It was kind of one of those type things, just not as far away. Yep. I've got a point, but I think I'll come back to it. Or should I get into a, a technical point on that? Let's – yeah, what, please do. Yeah, let's do it. Like, we both like to the, try to be a little different. Both of the both the first two goals, I see something, Clayton. Kind of loose marking. Let me talk you through it, all right? Okay. Before you respond. First one, they do a long cross, back post, and the guy receives the ball in the box. Great touch. What? Four consecutive one touches. It's four consecutive <sighs> one touches. Don't you think he brings it down and then it goes it backwards? It goes to the, the, Epps. The, the guy crosses it to Epps. Epps one times it Does back. Does he? He strikes it first time, and then the one, and then the one, and then the header. Well, Epps, it's, it's four consecutive one touches. I looked today, as a matter okay. of fact. Epps has a lot of space. He does. And he's inside the box. I'm okay with it out wide, but he's a little close. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying, okay, 
it's a little loose and n- not a blaming situation. For a team that hasn't given up a goal in four consecutive games or whatever it is, yeah. four consecutive shutouts, there was they they um they asked questions of us yeah. and we didn't necessarily respond. Yeah. And I, I don't know whose man it is or that I'm not blaming a person. I'm just saying he's he's found some space well. Yeah. And then the second goal, he comes in Kamiri steps not quite to the ball. Tainer tracks the runner, so he keeps him on side. And I don't want to blame someone or say someone's doing anything wrong, but maybe miscommunication. I don't know what could have happened better. All these people are inside our box. Yeah, you need to have you need to be able to them. smell them. You need to have like a, a hold of their jersey. You need to be able to touch them. Yeah, and I don't think in any of the scenarios that we're talking about, we were we were within arms reach distance we of, were, the, of the player. Yeah, we weren't touch tight, right? That's, yep. that's there what we the go. coach would say. Yeah, get touch tight in the box. Yeah, and I don't know. And who, we're being a little hyper technical. We're being we're being like if you don't give up a goal, you can't lose type type thinking. But but you know like th- we're just pointing out what we saw. I would say, I mean, my big point point of those two is uh, maybe we're high pressing so much that in the back we're a little at, a little loose. We were we were pretty high pressed this game, right? Like, well, so here, so and then and then we give up a third goal in the 90th minute or eight, I don't know, well, even know maybe it wasn't that late. The but, 95th minute, yeah, 95th. I'm sorry, our and we. with just a 75 yard lung busting run. Yeah, and our guys are speed. Yes. All right. Big picture, though, it was an even game. This could have been 3 nothing. There we go. All right, so this is what I – I didn't know whether to ask this question before. Did we lose or did we get beat? We got beat. And this, and this is a hyper – see, I I take the other stance. And and I don't we, I don't know if we've talked about this before, the difference between losing and getting beat. This may be a soccer geek thing or just a sports geek thing. Or so, a cliche thing, Clayton, I, says I, me. I say it a lot. I, you do. I, that doesn't I make it, it – so explain and it. It doesn't make it a thing. Explain it. Losing is losing is you did something as the team that that's on the losing end. You did something affirmatively wrong to keep, wrong to keep your team from getting a result. You lost. Yes. Getting beat is some nights the other guys are just better than you are, and no matter how hard you play, and no matter what you do, the result isn't going to go your isn't going to go your way. And what 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 started me thinking about that is. We missed quite a few chances in the first half to well, to finish to put away, and and if we put those chances away early, mm-hmm. it's an entirely different game. We outshoot them on the whole for the evening, twenty five to twenty three, twenty seven really to twenty five. Shooting twenty five to twenty three. I, I don't know whether those are on goal, off goal. But on goal, off goal was nine to seven. Okay, so the, the statistics were pretty even. Right. I don't. I As think, opposed to the the, the game here. They they trounced us. Yes, right. We I, got beat here. I think we got beat because we both played the same game. We both had similar opportunities, and they finished and we didn't. So, does that getting beat or is that losing? That's to me. If you don't take the chances that you have uh-huh. and you don't do the things that you normally have been doing, i.e., putting six past Monterey Bay, huh. like uh, PC missing a just absolute like kicking it right to the keeper Two in the twelfth. Like yes. Yeah. Uh, good call. We had probably three. I mean, both teams had good chances. I mean, their defenders, I texted you at some point during the first half and going, their defenders are not really defending. Like, they were not really putting up much of a fight. And they were they were just 
they were porous in the first half, and we had tons of chances to take the lead, take the game by the scruff of the neck, and we just didn't. We didn't do it. And on the road, you have to do that. Well, let's just on the road, you have to do that. Let's just flip that. Like I'm being critical of guys having a yard or two of space, like right. six feet open, right? And I'm saying our defense possibly could have figured it out, but with better communication, Phoenix was not doing that. They was. We had 2v1 breakaways. We had 1v goalie breakaways. We had unmarked guys with no one within 30 I mean, yards. There were so many chances in the first that I didn't even bother to sit there and take them all because yeah. I'm like, you know good what? Point. This will take all our time to talk about these. Let's say a good So let's put it in a, in a phrase. 5 or, or 6 chances. Easily. Yes. 5 to six, 5 to 7 good chances. And yes. we didn't We didn't boof him, Clayton. We didn't hit him in the stands. We just didn't finish Just not clinical finishing. Yeah. Not like... And we're a team that typically does that because we have high-quality attackers. Well, and... We're used to that. And you asked the question, or we talked about it, like the Justin Dillons of the world. Not the same skill set as a Santiago Patino. Mm, or so Yeah, like that. And he's, like, he's a holding midfielder. Yes. You criticize him 1v1 on the keeper, but he's a he's a center midfielder. And, and those chances are coming from, like, Dillon or Collier holding the ball up, maybe beating one of their defenders, and finding and then finding Abu or finding PC or finding Nicky Hernandez, like, making a run through. And maybe because... They've made this gut-busting run forward. Yeah. They, they like it just didn't fall. Yeah, there we go. It wasn't our night. Yeah, that's why I don't like the we got, we lost because Clayton, we played our game. We played well. We created what we wanted, and five or six times in the first half alone, it just was one yard wide, right at the keeper. Yeah, I, I try to make him, and he gets it with his heel kind of thing. You know, uh, the USL website did like when they do talking points after the weekend's games, there are like two sections about this game. Phoenix got a section, and then we got a section. Yeah. And the second section, which is like, you know, like would normally be move on to another game, was like, SAFC has something good to take from this oh. game. You know, They were and, saying we were all smoking mirrors before. Now exactly. Now, we played well. We deserve better, perhaps. And, and, and you know, like, I, I don't think that we should – and. It's maybe we look back at it differently if we go on to lose these next like three or four road games in a row and we can't get any results yeah. and say, oh, man, that was the start of something and that that caused a problem. But I think there's positives to take from it for, for sure, and I hope that the team is taking those positives as well. Yeah, the pattern isn't that we're doing poorly. The pattern is that Phoenix, it just feels like how the – the the Golden State Warriors have an issue have trouble with the Memphis Grizzlies. Like their team seems to match up well with us. The the way that I'm kind of looking at it, the positive that I want to take is, and they kind of mentioned this on the USL website, is how difficult it is to beat a team three times in one season. Right? We talk about in the NFL, like if like you're in the oh, same division and then, and then you meet and then you meet in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't I don't think that there's anything that they've done to us. Like after that game, that we should be scared of. You know what I'm saying? That like, I know we talk about them being a bugaboo team, this, that, and the other. But like, I, th- we were in that game the entire time. There, there were moments where we, if we finish, it totally changes the the game. And I don't think it's one of those ones that those guys leave, walk out of that stadium, and go, man, these guys got our number, and there's just nothing we can do about it. You know? No. I just, I just, I didn't take that from that game. I would argue that in the first half, we had better chances. Yes. And could we have won 3-0? Yes. Could it have been a tie? Yes. So you play this game 10 times, maybe you get an even 
breakdown, you know? Yes. And and people like you and me that have played countless soccer games and have watched countless soccer games see how these things go and and like get a sense and we know how to read the room, I think, you know, and know how to like get a sense of and I just I just didn't take I just didn't take the negative from because I mean the three the three zero result is the same as it was here, right? Or was two it no? Zero. It was two zero here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like the two zero result from here versus the three three nothing result there. The two result two over that like that was like woo at home. Yes, woo. That was worse. And we just took a beat down. We didn't have one shot. I don't think right or one sh- even one shot on goal mm, in that game. Maybe yeah, yeah. That makes sense. We had twenty seven shots. Like and like, I mean I know you can. Say well, what's a shot? Like blah 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 blah. But I mean, twenty-seven is a gigantic number, even for any game. In a three-nothing loss, that's a giant. Yes, yes. Typically, if a team has twenty-five and loses, it's a one-zero counterattack bullcrap. Yes. Right? You know, we, yeah. So it was, a, it was a yeah. Good like test. you'll see that in, from Man City versus like somebody. You know. Yep. Yes. When they're playing, when they're dominating them. So yep. I'm with you. There's not much to take away besides it was a. Re- tell you what, it was an entertaining game of soccer. I was not dozing off in the first half. Yeah. 9 p.m. start time. I put the kids to bed. 9.30. It was a 9.30 kickoff. I went and watched it, and it was entertaining. It was. Like, from the opening whistle, it was back and forth. Keepers making saves. Jordan Farr made some spectacular saves. He's so good. Their keeper made some spectacular saves. It was just... You know, it was. I mean, he's up for Player of the Month. Who's that? Jordan Farr is. So Jordan Farr, great. You know, we got to give him a pass. The first time he played against them, two nothing loss, here at home. Oh, we talked about the him pushing it back into the. Into he made the a path. mistake, but you know, Bonilla retired the day before the game, two days before the game, right? And so, what do you do? You're back up the whole preseason, the whole first four games, and then has he made one mistake since then? No, not one. No, he's been fantastic. He looks MLS ready, yeah. man. He looks like he could be an MLS backup in his sleep. Yeah, I think he might get a chance. I was after this when they when they grade players like statistically and stuff like that, like and like what their plus minus their war is and stuff like that. Do they put goalkeepers in the same category as field players? Like, are they? Are they graded the same? I don't know if soccer has a wins above replacement. Well, they have a version of that because, and the reason why was on the USL website today, we are one quarter of the way through the season. And oh. they had grades for every USL team. Huh. What did we and, get? Wait, wait, can I guess? Yes, there we go. Love this. Mm, San Antonio FC A minus. Yes, that's exactly what we had. A <laughs> minus. And I they agree. had the best graded player, and it was Mitchell Tainer. And it was like a one. Batman! Yeah, Batman was Mitch- Mitchell is right there getting his love yeah. on the USL website. Wow. And I don't know what the metric was. It was like one point something other. And it looked like a war type. It looked like a war type number. Like, you know, war is usually like plus or minus like two or three or four or something like that. All right, Clayton, you're a baseball nerd. You're obviously. Wins above replacement is what it stands for. Over 65 because you <laughs> like baseball. So for the young folk like me, what do you mean wins above? War is a metric that they use in baseball to measure someone's overall value. And it, it, war stands for wins above replacement. And and I don't know how they get to that number, but it's the number of wins that that player is worth versus the average player at that position. That's the best way I could I could describe it without I'm not a statistician. I'm not. Maybe our maybe well, our guy maybe our guy could give a little to see. Maybe he could check USL's website and their grades and see what they're see what they're doing. 
Listener, if he was interested. Listener Josh Wagner. Intern Josh Wagner. <laughs> thank you for listening always, and thank you for your input. We brought up his statistics once, kind of on the side. We need to come back to that every week because Josh looked into the USL road victory percentage. I mean, it, like he, like authoritatively. Like, boom. Yes. And I was super happy because it kind of matched what I thought, which is in the USL, about half the time the home teams win, about half the time, about a quarter of the time it's a tie, and a quarter of the time the road team loses. Right. So we did nothing wrong to lose. So, and like, and that, and what I'm bringing up is kind of like, kind of round off this Phoenix and where we're at. We're a quarter of the way through the season. Hey, we're 7 and 2 and Ooh. uh we're 7 and 2. We're tied for first place or no, or maybe second place and graded at an A minus by the USL and Mitchell Tainer is graded as our best player. I've got a question for you, Clayton. Lay it on me. Looking at the team as a baseball fan, looking at all 11 guys who play regularly. Yeah. Who would you put and while you think about this, you can get me a beer. If there's a beer in that cooler. Yes, there is. Who would you put as the player who is the most wins above replacement? So who out of our 11 is the most better than the other players at their position in the league? For example, a point guard like Magic Johnson was probably better than any other point guard in the league. So he's probably worth like five wins a year to the Lakers out of an 82-game season. Right. I don't need the number. I just want to know who you think we have that's the best at their spot in the league. Fabian, Fabian Garcia. Ooh. Fabian Garcia. Talk to me. And, like, um, goals and assists so far from his for a center, for, back. For a center back. Taking corner kicks. Four cons- four consecutive shutouts. A central defender. Uh, and four consecutive... Um, four consecutive... Uh, or not four consecutive... Th- like, three consecutive team of the week appearances. Yeah. And those are, like... And that's kind of an interesting, like, that's not a what a war would necessarily, like, who they give the MVP to, and war would not necessarily correlate. To, yeah. It's like Nikola Djokovic, like, winning the MVP uh-huh. for, for the in, in the NBA. It's like, his war is, or the way that they grade NBA players is super high, but, like, but like a lot of people argue, well, that's just a geeky number and you shouldn't give someone an MVP based on that kind of well, thing. Imagine like a closer in baseball who does nothing but close games. 80 saves or 60 saves, no losses. Yeah, but they're closer. Like, they may be the best at what they do. Right. But that's a niche thing. I, I'm, I'm giving it to Fabian Garcia. He has our highest war. I like that one. And it's not. I like it a lot. It's debatable, obviously. But, and like what's, but that's my true opinion. Matthew, yes, you. I like your pick. I wouldn't have picked him. He was okay. not my top choice, okay. and I didn't have a top choice because I just invented this question 30 seconds ago. I'm going with uh, Jordan Farr. Yeah. I haven't seen a – you know what? Lunt on Phoenix and Farr on SAFC are the two best goalies I've seen in the league this year. And I don't watch any other games. I only watch <laughs> SAFC. So, it's not saying a lot. But I think Jordan Farr looks – you know, I always said Matt Cardoni was a replacement-level keeper. So, for me, Matt Cardin was the ultimate war player, like 0.0. He would do what he's supposed to. He would not do what he wasn't supposed to. He was my FIFA computer-playing animated 
I'm the goalie guy. You know what we haven't seen this season one quarter of the way through is any 16 or 17-year-olds playing goalie for any teams. Remember last season? We saw like probably three or four different 16 or 17. Dude, remember Real Salt Lake had like two or three different 16 or 17-year-olds. We saw it from like two or three different teams. Yeah, because Clayton, we only have four games this year against MLS2 teams. Yeah. And we've only played one so far. So we have one of our four so far. And I love that. Right. We got men playing men's games. You know. Like, By the way, speaking of men playing men's game, yeah. Did you see the news that Nathan Fogasha from Brazil signed with Portland Timbers too? No. You did not see that. So I did not. Vamos Toros Ben was all over that, Clayton. So he left officially us gone and went back to Brazil. Didn't catch on, I guess. To Cortiba, right? Cor- was that Cortiba? Cortiba. Cortiba. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. And, um, and now he's back in USL. Okay. No, he's not. The Portland Timbers, too, are part of MLS Next. Okay. All right. So, that's right. That's right. We wondered about this new MLS division that's semi-competition for the uh, USL. He thinks he has a better route maybe back to the MLS sure. via that than, than than through the USL. Can't fault him. Okay. Playing in front of Fort- Portland Timbers, 22,000 people, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. So, one quarter of the way through the season, 7-2, and two, I'm not... I'm I'm not taken down by what's your grade? I, I think that was right. I was gonna go yeah. A minus. Yeah. Like, you know, like I mean, we were tied for first in the Western Conference, like with the most points, blah blah like if that's not A, A minus, blah 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 blah. Hey, so in the shadow of the stadium, well done, Tim Holt. Tim? Yes. Well done, uh Coach Marcina. Yes. Well done the players. Yes. A minus one quarter. With lots of adversity. Tons of it. Uh, David Loera. David Loera. Here, how about let's let's one little thing about the one final thing about the game. Seventy second minute red card on Nijay with a dirty. Oh my god, dirty. that was dude. That was so bad. He was so that second leg oh, coming through. Murder. That was so on purpose, wasn't murder. it? Wasn't that so on purpose? In a two nothing game. Oh my goodness. PC came out after that, right? Injured. Yeah. Got subbed out. Yes. PC, we hope you're okay. We hope you're not in sweet. 101 next week. Yeah, or tomorrow for that yeah. matter. Yeah. But, oh man, if he's not playing, it's he's yeah. Not but, and play. we'll we'll get to that. But David Loera back on, getting some minutes. Do, with Loera back, is that going to change? Does he fit into this new three center midfielders? Yes. What is it? Where Perfect. does he? Where does he fit? The advanced center midfielder. Okay. Maloney so, and Abu or PC and Abu behind him. Okay. Nikki can kind of go everywhere. Right. He is a great attacking center midfielder. Okay, so now we have four essentially that can rotate through those for those three spots or five. five with Loera, Nikki what, Hernandez, Abu, PC, and Maloney. We you need right? that. That's spectacular. Great. Good job getting Nikki Hernandez, Tim Holt. So is that so is that three in the middle now? Is that is that plan A for us? Is, I hope so. For SAFC? It's been the last few games. Yeah. It's working. Okay. It makes the stats look better and it's prettier to watch. It's minor league soccer, Clayton. Do I really want to play one zero nothing? To you know, kick it long every game. Brentford, no. Luton Town, Luton Town, Barnsley. Don't say any more words about Luton Town. Okay. <laughs> so, enough about Phoenix. We said we didn't have that much to talk about, but here we are, thirty minutes in, and we've touched on some other things. But now our, we we have to pick ourselves up off the mat, and because there's something tomorrow going on, and that's Lamar Hunt. U.S. Open Cup. That's called the transition, Clayton. Well, and you are my Houston expert. Ooh. What is Houston going to do tomorrow, Matthew? BBVA Compass Stadium. There's going to be about 6,000 people there. It's going to be hot as hell, humid as hell, 
How many Hondurans is Houston going to throw at us? Uh, lots. They've got a guy, Canasquillo, in the middle. I don't know if he's Honduran or Ecuadorian, but he's a Latino, Latin American, 22-year-old center mid, who has been getting a lot of caps on his national team. Carrasquillo, watch is that it, guy. Is he a normal starter for their MLS team? Yeah, oh, yeah, he is. Okay. He's a normal starter for his national team and the Dynamo. He is a, the engine of that team. So, he is good. But you, you would admit, though, that they're in a bad spot right now, right? They've lost three in a row, four, uh, in, a ro- four in a row. They're not in a bad spot. They... The Houston Dynamo last year missed the playoffs. They're not an MLS playoff team this year, right? They missed the playoffs this year. They are probably in a position right now of making the playoffs. They got a new coach, uh, Paulo Nagamura, former MLS player, Colorado Rapids player, right? Yes. And not the best coaching search. Uh, yeah, I was a Dynamo season ticket holder for three years. Are they? Are they bringing? Are they? grooming Cabrera or whatever for the Toros to bring back to, to do another stint? Possibly. For- you know, they went searching far and wide because they got a new owner about a year ago. Uh, I didn't know that. Friend of Don Garber, some New York real estate guy bought them for like two, $300 million. Started spending some money. You know who's going to be there in a month is Hector Herrera. Ache, Ache. Oh, I didn't Mexican know that. Mexican national teamer has signed with the Dynamo. But he's not going to be there tomorrow. Not tomorrow night. All right. They won this tournament in 2018. So that is something. They did have – they beat the Dynamo – they beat the Union, Philadelphia Union in Houston on a Wednesday night with 6,000 people and they, there. they have a pretty good record in this tournament. Don't, don't, it seems like Houston they care it? a little bit. Yeah. That's, the title, they have kind of tried. You know, back in the old days when they were a really good MLS team, in the old MLS days of the – Early 2000s. Ryan Ching. The Ching years. The Ching years. The Ching dynasty. They always tried a lot in the CONCACAF Champions League. Shout out to my Seattle, to the Seattle Sounders for winning that. Woo! Wow. Great game. Yep. Uh, so they do tend to try in other tournaments. I will say that. So I think they're going to try a little more than Austin. Do you think they're going to put their A yes. te- their A team out I there to start? Will. Okay. Because MLS... Maybe this is the fourth round now, so is, are we like final sixteen or the no thirty two? So yeah, final so, thirty two. Okay, so we're not quarter like we're not one step from the quarterfinals, but you know. So I bet you it's like Austin. I bet seven or eight starters and three or four. Houston's a it's a lost franchise, man. They have a great fan base, a great stadium, but they have not spent on players. They haven't spent on the community. It's very detached. There's, it's a lot like Dallas, that there's a lot of soccer players and a lot of soccer fans, and those people don't go to the games. What do what do we do? Do we do we start two or three academy kids? What would you do? Um, I I worry about if we go balls out and try to start our normal eleven or our, what our whatever we think our best eleven is. Yeah. And we don't get a result. Here's two games now that we're that we're that we've lost in a row and now we have to go to Miami on Saturday and it's just building yourself up for a prolonged losing streak and like and I, I don't like the that well we started two or three of our academy kids so and eh, we lost I don't, I don't necessarily like that mentality but I mean academy kids contributed have, have contributed so far so throw a couple of them out Soul there Solstar the sure. goal scorer Sure. Maybe not Holt. Maybe maybe Holt's not ready to play to start in the back. My prediction is same eleven from Saturday night with a replacement for PC. I think we're going to go for it. Yeah, I, and think, I don't have any pro- I don't have any problems with I that. I think we're far enough along in that. And you know what? What's the USL? The top four teams make the playoffs. Top eight. 
Yeah, I don't remember exactly. What we want to host a playoff game, right? Yes. So of we want to be in the top four, right? Let's say we're in second place. There's got to be squad rotation. There's got to be squad rotation throughout the season. It's a long season. Nah, I think that we're going to play our starting eleven. Right. I do. I think that with the players we have, eight or nine former MLS players. What do these guys? What do you think the players want? They want to prove themselves against another MLS team Some of these and guys, show that I I should be there. Connor Maloney wants to go back MLS, right? Guaranteed. Of course they if, do. If they, he got they offered, all do. They all do. If he got offered a starting spot at a real team next year, he'd go. He wants to play. So Sit. play him, coach. Playing for SAFC is not the pinnacle of any of these guys. We got at like how many three game weeks do we have this year, Clayton? Because listeners, yeah. oh okay, good point. Normally the USL plays on Saturday nights once a week. In the soccer world, a lot of teams play midweek games and things like this. The U.S. Open Cup is a midweek tournament. If we lose, we're out. Right. In in second divisions around the world, they're usually playing Tuesday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Ooh. Saturday. Like, and what do they play when they get to the FA Cup fourth round? They they they'll maybe bring up an academy kid or two and have them on the bench. Oh, that's but, it. But, but not that, start but that, Yeah, that, that, but that's it. For, the lower-level teams are playing their starters, right? Yes. Because they want to get respect. Yes. And, and either either way, I'm fi- I'm fine with it because Marcina's been pushing the right button so far. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with whatever decision whatever decision I mean, he makes. maybe we get a Patino starter. And I can't say. You know? And I don't have a feel for the – You know the what? Lo- I don't have a feel for the locker room. Like Maybe someone like Loera gets 60 minutes to, hey, you've been injured, you need some time, play, start. Right. He comes in for PC because PC took that terrible tackle. Yeah. Loera's starting for us, you know. And like these kind of these kind of off kilter games. Like remember last year when we played the Mexican teams and Nate uh, and Nathan Fakat hadn't done anything for us, Caught and fire. they used those goals. Or they used those. He scored goals in those games, and he used that as a springboard to really get his season started. You know, for sure. Like, and maybe the, there's potential for that. That could like, be Patino. That could be Loera. It's got to be Marcina reading the room, right? And we're we're not in the locker room. We don't know, but like, you I, don't I, you don't start Holt, Solskjaer for Academy. No, games. you don't bring up Abraham Lincoln and <laughs> throw him out there. You know, I mean, you play if we're losing or at the end, maybe you know. But third round, fourth round, this is cool. Like, no, it's just. Third or the fourth round, whatever. It I'd is. like to have enough players though, so that Cardoni is not the only one left, and uh, maybe potentially having to put him on as a sweeper. Well, if for an extra time, yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited about it. And can I bring I, up something? Yes. The whip around. The whip around. What is that? Oh, this is like foot photo. I get to teach you. Well, I, I mean, I know what like. For your for you like Europa Cup, and you know stuff what a whip like, around is. Yeah, like where you're getting to watch a bunch of games at the same time. Hercules Gomez throughout, like, hey, U.S. Open Cup, ESPN, he works for them. Yes. So, why don't we get a whip around? They're doing a whip around, Clayton. Really? T- tomorrow night, five thirty Central Time. When the first game starts, they're going to start showing soccer, and whenever there's a goal or a great play, they're going to switch games. Until the last game So ends. all the games will be on ESPN+. Plus. Our game is on at 7.30 yeah. tomorrow. So you can watch just our game. But yeah. you're at... Get, so go, From go on. From 5.30 until the last game ends is what the press release Will says. it be available on ESPN+. Plus? Yeah, on ESPN+. Plus. All right. You choose the U.S. Open Cup whip around. What, if it's not called that, the, the goal zone or the red zone. Just like NFL red zone, right? Yeah. 
I am so happy. 16 games That's very in cool. one night. That's very cool. And they're all going to be flipping. You get to see these random little stadiums. Pittsburgh, Detroit. Like, well, no, Detroit played tonight. They just lost oh. in a shootout to. They, lo- they lost in a shootout to Louisville, but it was at Detroit, okay. and it was very cool. Louisville goes through. Good. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's very cool. I didn't know that, and I think our listeners would probably like that as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm actually legit fired up. Okay. Okay. It said. Sorry. They, the press release said ten games. Yeah. My bad. Not sixteen. That's tomorrow night. I'm in. I'm gonna like be cooking dinner and with the kids and watching that. Yeah, and I I'm glad that we're 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 creating content tonight because tomorrow I, I want to sit down and I want to watch and just take it all in and, and enjoy because like because the fact that we that we beat one Texas MLS team already and now we have the potential to beat another Texas MLS team. It's just very cool. This is a very cool scenario potentially. How many of the 32 teams left are are USL? Do you know? Eight, I don't. Ten. I don't. Not like there's a couple that even that that aren't ML. There's there are USL even like the Tormenta and there's another Ch- one we've mentioned. Right? Yeah, yeah, we've mentioned them before. Ca- what is it? California Tormenta or Colorado? The Tormenta, Tormenta. is the Atlanta team. Remember, <laughs> we <laughs> had this couple. Hailstorm. Yes, the Colorado Hailstorm is still around as well. It's just it's just great for American soccer. It's just great. It's just a great. Omaha, I think. Maybe. Yeah, something like that, you know. It is great. Like, we missed it for two years. And Clayton, legit, man to man, like, we're not – I don't love USL just because I love USL. USL and and the USL lower, the the one beneath SAFC, have really grown in the last two years. We love soccer. Haven't the lower divisions grown Yes. Noticeably. Yes. Like observably. Yes. Detroit City, huh? There's not a huge difference between Tampa Bay, Louisville, uh, and Phoenix, and Mm -hmm. the bottom level MLS teams after their San Jose. Like after their, and we, we, we have this conversation from time to time about maybe their 11, their best 11 versus the USL's best 11. But how often do you get your best 11 out there firing on all cylinders? I think the top five to seven USL teams can compete with the bottom five to seven MLS teams on on any given night. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about Saturday or do you want to move on? Um, I guess after Wednesday. So then we got to hit the road and we got to go to Miami. And it's a long Another long trip. So we're going from one side of the country over right. to the other side it, of the country. Eastern Conference team. Have we ever played in Miami before? I don't think so. And I and I watched them play against Inter Miami in their FA Cup game. Oh, not the FA Cup, the US uh, Open Cup. Great the, though. The, not the FA Cup, the a, US Hey, we need a new the magic of but for US Open right. Cup. The, what are we going to call it? The La Magic the Magic of Lamar. You know what we need? Lamar's Lamar's Magic. We need Do we have an Open Cup bingo card? Have we done that this year? No, but we <gasps> should, we can come up with something. Have we not done that? Maybe a if US any of our Open listeners Cup? if any of our listeners, we've talked about our FA FA Cup bingo card or our CONCACAF bingo card where you just see these things, the these weird things that happen in these in these tournaments that you don't see in normal week to week like league play. Flares, apartments. <laughs> yes, like the lights going out, you know, like uh, like someone's like clothesline, lady the, refs, yes, <laughs> someone's clothesline in the background, like an animal running out onto the field, you know, like uh, guys in just foldable chairs on the <laughs> sideline, yes, like 
maybe people's cars pulled up close to the field with their lights on or something like that. You know, like the, the, these are things that you see. Jerseys with no ads. Yeah. Sponsorless teams. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't know who's sponsoring the Atlanta Tormenta or the, the Hailstormers, you know, or whatever they're or called. Or the other, the, the opposite on the spectrum is hyper-local sponsors like Trevino Tile like on the jersey. Cra- Crazy Eddie. You know, Crazy Eddie's <laughs> prices are insane. You know, like, if we were sponsored by Henry's Puffy Tacos. Yes. You know, like, something like that. Yes. So, that's something to look out for, listeners. Uh, can I point out something about uh, Miami? Oh, you watched their Inter-Miami. I did, and they, they were competitive until the last, like, 10 or 15 minutes, and then Miami brought on their... You know, they're mm. A A team guys and then they just had too much class as they would, you know, say like in the in the other leagues and stuff like that. But I mean, we talked about this last week. They're they're a legitimate team. About five hundred, right? Yeah, they're a little bit above five hundred. They're like uh they're great. I went and looked at their grade, um, and they have like a they're like a B minus right now. Yeah. And they they have an eighty one percent chance of making the playoffs. So they're an Eastern Conference probable playoff team. And but if we're the team that's supposed to win, according to 538.com, then we should we should be able to handle that, right? And I don't I, I don't know. It's just one of those I, I don't know what to expect or what to think because depending on what happens tomorrow, yeah, you know, that it like a lot of minutes on the road. Yes. Can, can we can we pull ourselves up out of the doldrums if things don't go our way tomorrow? Or or is like this malaise get over like a come over us. Yeah, if we lose tomorrow, that's two losses in a row tired they play in ricardo silva stadium named after their owner so is this the guy that we've talked about before yes that is like the mega billionaire brazilian guy that owns the communication and they would never let him like really own an mls team because where his money comes from maybe a little sketchy and then remember remember what he tried to do he tried to just like see didn't he sue is, didn't no, he sue MLS? Yeah, and he also put a like three billion dollar offer to MLS to buy the whole league. <laughs> Who knows what he's worth, but he's gonna buy it. He is a true Cartolo, right? Like when we've we've talked like in the the Brazilian the, thing. Yeah, the the top hats, the guy, yeah. the guy, the guys with the yeah. top hats. Is that what that kind of means? And they're talking I don't, about. I have no reason to think he's done anything illegal besides that. Who well, I don't know. And I don't think Cartolo necessarily means. It means yeah. like you have opportunist. A South American oligarch, kind of, yeah. would kind of be, would kind of be the, uh, would kind of be the uh, analogous, of analogous. questionable means. Yeah, I mean, if you own a media company in Brazil, and like, it's kind of like riding a bike in the Tour de France, when like eighty percent of the riders have been implicated of drugs. When you own a company in Brazil, eighty percent of the TV media people have bribed people. Right. He's a Berlusconi. How about like an like an yeah. AC Milan kind of guy? There we go. There's another an, an analogy as well. But anyway, here's what I saw though. Oh, yeah, the average attendance at, at Bernardo Silva Stadium. It's the F Florida Atlantic Field. The U.S. national team has played there in the past. It's a real soccer type football stadium, and they have a good college soccer team. Like they're always in the top twenty five. Yeah, seats twenty thousand, twenty two thousand people. A real place that the USA has played regularly in like the early two thousands. They're averaging 1,151 fans. Woo. So he is not challenging Inter Miami and David Beckham. Bottom six in attendance in the league. Okay. Which surprised the hell out of me. Maybe that helps us. Maybe that maybe oh, that yeah. maybe that helps us. Oh, that, yeah. Like right? you know, they're not gonna have the Phoenix no. people like no atmosphere. And going back to the Phoenix. 
I wasn't so impressed with the Phoenix crowd. Yeah. We're, we're like, let's go back a little bit. Did, I texted did my seem- sister-in-law. She said that there was a humongous toxic wreck of, like, toxic fumes in downtown Phoenix. <laughs> so she didn't go to the game because there was, like, a three-hour holdup in every highway in downtown Phoenix. Yeah, like, when their supporters group, they, they did not look like they had very... Like, it was very sparsely attended. Like, I, I expected, because when I've watched Phoenix yeah. in the past, they're yeah. rowdy and they're there and stuff like that. It wasn't it wasn't on top of us, you this know? This new stadium's on the south side of town, and she literally said, there's a two-hour, every interstate is closed, there's no way to get south tonight. I'm not going, and I know other people that are just like, Google Maps says two hours and 52 minutes to get to the stadium. Yeah. So, totally agree. I have been to a game at that state, at that franchise and it is normally sold out always they're usually crazies everywhere yeah. i don't have much more to say about because there's so much that's going to happen nope. between between now and saturday yep so it's real difficult to kind of say what do i want to see that kind of stuff well plus we got to talk panini world cup Woo! world talk? cup preview brought to you by panini get your stickers for listeners i know we've talked about it. panini is fun it's cool if you have kids. If you don't have kids, like, we all we all remember things that we collected growing up, right? Like, for me, I was a scratch and sniff stickers guy. I'm a little, like, maybe that's a little generational between you and me, like, even though we're only four or five years you apart. You mean Cabbage Patch Kids? No, that was, that was a Garbage Pail Kids. Yes. Garbage Pail yes. Kids. Yes, that, I did, And I did Garbage Pail Kids as well. But Scratch and Sniff Snickers, Stickers was before that, and I had a sticker album. Did I put my scratch and sniff scratch and sniff stickers on? And then I also did the garbage pail kids as right. well. And remember, there were two that had different names, but they had the same. I was kids. straight baseball cards. Yeah, I, baseball and, I, cards and I was a baseball card also. I'm all a I'm a collectible guy. Yeah. And like I don't do I don't do much now, but I geek out when and I haven't finished a book. You know I have, what, you know what we should have? One of these tailgates, a panini sticker trade. Oh tailgate. listeners! Listeners! This is spectacular. This isn't planned at all. Come find us at the next home game. Show us your Panini book. Show us what you have already. Oh, but closer. I'll to have Cup. mine by then. I don't have mine yet. I don't have mine. Oh no, yet. they won't. It's not. They're available. December. No, they're available. They're available. Yes, they're available now. Kick the can when it's out, and we've got some, and I've got extras. We're gonna have a oh, trading. I'm event. doing it with my kids this year. Yeah, and I'm really looking. My for- kids loved it. Yes, I'm- they they match the number to the number. It's super easy. Brady yep. was like four in Russia, 2018. My kids love doing stickers, like on my on the Mother's Day card for 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 Michelle for Mother's yeah, Day. Right, right. Because yeah, anyway, Panini World Cup preview. We're sticking to Group H, and we're talking about speaking of H, Ghana, G H A N A. The Black Stars. Yeah. The Black Stars. And you can say that because that's what they're called. I know that's, what I'm I know what I'm talking about. Do you know what you're talking about? Yes. I'm talking about their history with the United States men's national team. Ooh, talk to me. So brief history of the Ghanaian national soccer team. They were and I didn't know this until I did some research today. They were never in a World Cup until 2006, mm-hmm. but until 1970-something, they were part of the United Kingdom. So they didn't have an independent soccer team. Mm. Yes, that's 100% true. Mm. I don't know exactly how mm. they fit in, like, whether they were an independent nation or a this protectorate isn't go or whatever. Well with my with my version of events. Well, so tell me, talk, talk, so talk it through. Anyway, I'm just giving the, the yeah. listeners a little brief background. 
their first World Cup was 2006. Yeah. And they beat us in yeah. 2006. I was there. And they were good. I was there. And they were they were good. And then in 2010. Wait, wait, wait. I, can we pause? Yes. Jump in at any point in time. 2006, Nuremberg, Germany. Literally next door to the place where they filmed the Nazi rallies. You know the big film with the movie with the Lenny Riefenstahl? Yep. Hitler, Hitler, Hitler? Yep. Those fairgrounds are adjacent to the stadium. Yep. And I God, didn't know that, but I know what you're talking about. I was in the lower section, like second row, to see Claudio Reyna playing center mid, have a, a Frank Lampard. And they moment. were in our group. They were in, they were in yeah. our group. Third group game. We had to win. He had a Stevie G moment. He slipped, fell, turned over. They scored. Dempsey had a goal, a Texan. 2-1 loss, and we were out of the World Cup. And they go through. They kicked us out of the World Cup. Next time. Moving on to 2010, to tie into last week's conversation, Ghana versus Uruguay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. do you know the game before Ghana versus Uruguay? No. Ghana in versus 2010. USA. Yes, they beat us again. I was also there. 2-1. to one. I was also in the stadium. Give a little, give a little synopsis. I went to get a beer. Clint Dempsey... Scored a penalty kick. 1-1 one, one tie. Extra time. Going and into then, overtime. Okuchiyanyewu thinks he's fast. Turns out he's not fast. Uh, what was their forward? Asamoa Gion. Is that his name? He's a very fast human. Ghanaian soccer players are athletic as hell. <laughs> and Okuchiyanyewu is athletic as hell. Yep. But not as athletic as Asamoa Gion. Their all-time leading scorer. Extra time. Breakaway. Fast break. 2-1 to one loss. Two World Cups in a row. So 2006, 2010, 2014. 2010, I like where you're going with Uruguay because that was last week's team. Yes, Uruguay. Rematch. We talked about it. And 2010, Luis Suarez with the penalty, and they missed the penalty kick where where uh, Luis Suarez keeps the ball from going in. He gets red carded, doesn't leave the field. Remember, and like everyone's like, oh, that's not good sportsmanship. All that kind of stuff. and like Blatant handball on the line. Yep. And Ghana was the last African team left in South Africa. They're only the second team or third team in the history of Africa to make it to the quarterfinals Ooh. of the World Cup. That's a little something I, 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 read, I read today as well. And he missed, or they saved the penalty. I kick? don't remember who took it. Whether it Probably was Asamoah Asamo again. again. He missed over the. I don't think it was saved. Over. He missed. He, he all put, of Africa. He put cried. it over. Yes, and they were eliminated. And then they didn't make it in 2014 and 2018. Yes, they did. They made it in 2016, 2014. They did. They did. Because I noticed a similarity that they were in 2014. They were in our group. And guess what? Oh, yeah. Clint Dempsey yes. scored with his crutch. That's right. Yes, we did. crutch goal. Duh. You and me were at TBA Bar. So that's three cons- going, yeah. Yes. And we, we scored. Pl- it was in like the first five minutes yes, of the game. That's right. Exactly. The first five minutes of the game. Did John Brooks also score the header to beat them two to one? Yes. We so- beat them. And that, and that was like, they've kind of fallen off the radar since we beat them at that World Cup. They were our bugaboo team. There we go. Kicked us out of two World Cups. Beautiful. Tie it all together. And we scored the third time we beat them, and we advanced. And, and they then, didn't. And then they didn't qualify for the last World Cup. They did not, just like we didn't. How about that symmetry? Yep. 2018, USA and like, We missed. have a lot of history with them. Me, yeah. me bringing that, I think that's the best way to talk about them. And you have to, dude, they had, during from 2006 to, to 2000 to 14, 2014, they had some amazing players. Asamoah Gion, uh, Michael Essien, Kevin Appiah. Those three guys played at world-class clubs. 
the play. two I use. Yes, the one of them is still there. Yeah. One of Jordan Ayu or the uh-huh. other one is still there. He's their captain, uh-huh. which leads us to players to watch for them this year. Ooh. I don't think that they're that they're the the same like dangerous team. I I think that they're they've dropped off a little bit. But the, the player to watch, and this is a, I, lo- I love to do this. You know, I'm going to do this with every team. Do this. Kevin Party. Okay. Partey. Oh, Partey. Uh, yes, Partey. Athletic. P-A-R-T-E-Y at, at, at Arsenal now. Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey. I'm sorry, yeah. Kevin. I just I was thinking Kevin Appiah. Thomas Partey. You mentioned him two, classy, or, three, two or three player. a year or so ago. His move from Atletico, like, classy, like, a, a strong central box-to-box. The new central, Yaya Toure type There you player, go. Cent- athletic, but calm, cool, collected. Central midfielder can just do it all. Like, we'll win the ball at the edge of the 18, play a 30-yard ball wide, and then we'll receive the ball at the edge of the other team's box and maybe either play a great through ball or take a shot and have a, have a chance on goal. Like, he's their, he's their player to watch. I didn't see I, – I didn't do my, well, who's the most transfer value – he, it's him. He's he's their guy. He, he's I their mean, guy. He was like a fifty million dollar player. Yes, exactly. Like I don't think there's any doubt that he is. He will be a, on transfer market. He will be the guy. He's the engine. Yes. Um. How do you? How much do you? How cool is that? I'm so glad we're doing this in April or May. Uruguay Ghana rematch of the 2010. Yeah, I didn't even think about famous that handball moment. I didn't even think about yeah, that until right. we did the deep dive research into giving our giving the listeners like stuff about this. I mean, like because you just kind of glance at the groups like, oh, that's a hard group. Ooh, and all, cool. You, yeah, yeah, but totally. But like going back and then like me just doing history, I'm like, oh, I'd for, forgotten about that. And then we talked about Uruguay last week, and then they're back at they're back at it again. And there will probably be some angst. They will definitely not be forgotten. Do you know why they're called the Black Stars? Um, their flag has a black star you know on it. Their flag has a black star. No, on it. good. No. You're giving me all the right answers tonight, Clayton. <laughs> uh, you do the player to watch. I'm always the cultural soccer. I dude, love it, right? You yep. know, I go to countries and I want to play soccer there. I'm like, hey, what's that? So, I learned this during 2010. The black star is because they were the first independent country in Africa. Really, first colonial country to declare independence. I Wikipedia'd it today. I'd heard about it before, 1957. And the Black Star represents African emancipation, I, would, I believe is what the website called it. Okay. And so... So me bringing up the, that they were part of the UK, I don't know if they were part of the UK well, or a protectorate or what. That's what was odd because it said that until a certain point they were a part of the Gold Coast, which I remember that as a country. Yeah. The Gold Coast was yep. like a pan-African Ivory Coast type crap. Right. But so in Africa, when they advanced in 2010, like... Nigeria has issues, man. A lot of Africans will say, like, oh, Nigerians are like this, Nigerians are like that. South Africa obviously has issues. A lot of African countries have certain baggage or certain things that it's they're not all friends with everyone. Okay. Ghana, though, has, like, a special place. It's like, hey, we might think of Liberia maybe as, like, the freed slave place. Yeah. For them... Says me, who, who, what I observed there when they were advancing, everyone was for Ghana, and it was like the because black they stars. were the fir- they were the first people to say, you know what, we're done with all of y'all. We're and, like we're from here, y'all are not from here. We need to be us. I bet you George Weah's team advanced to the. Did, was it? No, he never got to play in a World Cup. Was I don't it know even Nigeria '94. Were they the first team to get out of the group stage? Was no, that it? Cameroon? Cameroon. Re- remember, 94? remember Cameroon with um. 
with uh, Roger Mila. That's the guy I was trying to Roger think Roger Mila. He was the guy. And, and I, it, may have oh, been, no. it may have been pre-94. It may have been 90. We're running out of time, but... You know, I love reading books about soccer culture, and that's one that really struck me years ago. Like, oh wow, cool. Well, so and they were—they've always had a soft spot for. They me. were for for people of our generation. Them and Cote d'Ivoire were have been the cream yeah. of the crop of they Africa. They were the African hipster teams. And, and then when we've seen these other teams come up, like Mali and stuff like that, it's Senegal. like it's like Senegal. Where's where? What happened to Ghana? And you know, like there's just. The, the that continent is so big, and there's so many countries. There's just bound to be, you know, there's just bound to be some turnover, you know. Well, you know, you have the brain drain, and you also have the soccer drain, where like so many African players play for the European teams. Yeah, because they go there at a young age, they train, and they get professional. Yep. Do you have a free kick today? I don't. I, do. I don't. If I had a free kick, it would be brought to you by Trevino Tile. For three generations, Trevino Tile taking care of your tiling needs. And they are coming over tomorrow to my house to see if I have a tiling need. (laughs) My shower that they installed um, is my wife has some questions that she she wants answered. And as soon as she brought them up, I texted Willie Trevino of Trevino Tile. And he said, I will have somebody there on Wednesday to take care of your tiling needs. I thought you were going to say to watch the game. No, well, you know, maybe he'll maybe they'll stick around. They're more than welcome to. Season ticket holders. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think I hinted at mine earlier. So my free kick is Luton Town, Clayton. You sent me this, and I think we can t- we can talk about this. This I'd, is interesting. I pull up the picture. Do you know their nickname? I don't remember it right now. Luton is the Hatters. The Hatters. They're the Hatters. The hat Town. Yep. Luton is the Hatters. On the heels of the Kentucky. Me being the Anglophile that I that I am, I can always you can always count on me yeah. to, to know that. On the heels of the Kentucky Derby. Very appropriate. These day this week. Yep. A rich strike, if you will. I don't know if they actually do make hats there. But uh, surely they surely it. they do. Of course they do. Yeah. Don't be silly. Yeah. So the English Championship playoffs. It's like Barnsley is the Coopers, which are barrel makers. Okay. Yeah, okay, anyway. Two teams are in the Premier League, right? Fulham and Fulham and uh, uh, Bournemouth finished second. They're up for next year. Yeah. Good and for them. Both teams just just came down. Smoked it. Just came down. Oh. Uh, and then the next four, three to six, play in a playoff. It's a home and away and then a Wembley final, right? Yes, that's exactly how it works. The, the most expensive, most or uh, the priciest game in the world. 100 million pound game. I think it's like 300 million with the TV so, rights and stuff. So they posted the squad value, the transfer value that every team has paid. And they're Fulham, 200 million. Burnmouth, 100 million. Blah, blah, blah. All these numbers, and Luton Town has spent 1.5 million pounds. Do you know how they got to the playoffs? Can I just tell you real quick? I mean, they went on a run no, no, at no, the no. end of the season. Yes, they did. But go ahead. On Saturday, to make sixth place, they won one to nothing. Their goal, Clayton, the goalie put the ball down, forgetting that there was a forward behind him. And the Luton Town forward did the hide-and-seek, stole the ball from the keeper unknowingly, put it in, one nothing win. Yep. And they're in the last six. Yep. They've got to get promoted. This would be Cinderella. I mean, how do you, like... I mean, I can't think of an American. It would be like if a. It would be like if a. Uh, if a, if a NBA, NBA developmental league team went and played against uh, like the Eastern Conference All Stars or the Western <laughs> Conference All Stars. Like, so, I mean, hey. that's the comparative like d- difference, you know, in, in money and what the like what the teams are worth. I'm an underdog guy. Go Hatters! I'm gonna be watching. Go Hatters! Buenas noches, Clayton.